What's up, everyone? My name is Kyle, and this is the Pain Cave Chronicles podcast, featuring yours truly and two of my best friends, Cody and Sean. Here, we're going to be breaking down our interesting relationship with endurance training. We're going to be chatting through marathon training, including nutrition, injury prevention, mindset, gear, and because we already dedicate too much time to discussing English football, we thought we would also add to each episode our own hot takes on the goings-on in the Premier League. So sit back, don't relax too much, and join us in exploring the pain cave. Ooh, I got a little bit of that on my microphone. I think we can wow. I think we can got, handle it though. That is the sound more than a little bit. That is the sound of a delicious classic root beer Olipop with two grams of sugar Ooh. per can and prebiotics, oh. botanicals, and plant fiber. Ooh. Not brought to you by Olipop. But Maybe enjoy your gut bio. <laughs> Before we go into anything super detail oriented, Cody, if you had to rank your top three Olipop flavors, what would they be? Oh, I'm so glad you asked this question. Um, <laughs> and I'm, <laughs> if you've noticed, I'm trying to do a new one every week. So and the root beer sounded delicious. You know what? Hold on. Mm, that is a damn good root beer. I think it might go. Oh, I think it might go uh, strawberry vanilla, cream soda, mm. then root beer at this point. Probably because I've... Are they close or is it like a clear winner? No, they're close. It's probably because I've drank uh, quite a few of the strawberry vanillas <laughs> in the past <laughs> six weeks. So um, it cemented itself. They all, the yeah, they also come in four packs, so I get a little discount, you know. So, uh, mm. yeah, but... No great. Mm. No grape. I think top three. I think grapes coming in uh, at four. And yeah, grape is like the best generic flavor. I love it. Yeah, in my opinion, (laughs) it's so fake. It's so like not taste like grapes. It's its own thing. Exactly. It's just purple drink. drink. And for the listeners, if you're in the capital region and need an endless supply of Olipop, (laughs) go to Whole Foods because there is a tower of Olipop stacked there in. The likes of which I've never seen personally. They there, there's a lot of things in Whole Foods, but they just have one designated mound of Olipop drinks that just kind of like takes up thirty percent of the floor. Don't know why, but clearly they're sponsored. That was and so we're gonna sponsor that. That's pretty pretty intense, man. That that was a lot of Olipop. I thought you were at like a warehouse, an Olipop warehouse or something. No, you could have climbed up that mound of Olipop. Well, you know what to get me for my birthday. It's that's right. Coming up. Sort of. <laughs> That's right. It'll come quick. Anyway. Yeah, we give Olipop so much love. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we really do. But how's it going, guys? How are your weeks going? Week is going good. Uh, welcome to episode five, everybody. I feel like I got to plug oh, yeah. the number that we're at oh, at yeah. the beginning of each one. Almost as a as a reminder of, wow, we've come so far. We've made it to five. It's a pretty good achievement. I mean, yeah, I mean, we've, we've got... been we've been on it. Mm-hmm. I think we still have listeners, too. So that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> People have the left. real win. People stuck around. Uh, um, I kind of and hold me back if this isn't maybe where we want to start. But I was kind of thinking we just start with 
the Kelvin Kiptum loss. And we, I just, yeah. I just yeah. think I feel like something, I know we've been texting about it and, um, you know, we're recording this on a Monday night. Um, everyone was watching the Super Bowl in the United States last night and you just started seeing things on, you know, your Instagram stories and news outlets about, uh, Kelvin Kiptum, uh, passing away in a car accident in Kenya. Mm. Um, super sad, super shocking. Um, if you don't know, I mean, everyone kind of listening, to this is probably kind of a runner and you kind of have heard at least of his name, but he was 24 years old, Kenyan runner. Um, and in the last in, within the span of a year, ran his first marathon at Valencia, mm-hmm. ran a 201.53. He, he won that and also ran, that was the fastest debut marathon anyone's ever run. Um, Might have been the, when, that w- was it the course record at Valencia too, I think. Oh, I, I, I mean, that would, that would track. Um, I honestly don't know. Um, but um, that was in December. And then, you know, uh, London in spring ended up winning that with a 201.25. Really close to Kipchoge's world record there. And then obviously in Chicago, you know, kind of shattering things and going two hours and 35 seconds and looking <sighs> like goodness. a track sprinter for the last half, you know, mile. Like just really wild. Um, feel like it was a wild shock for everybody and weird losing someone who was so important but also it's so hard losing someone who you just say you know all the potential like you you can't you you can't Mm -hmm. even say like what he could have done because he did incredible things in you know less than one year like yeah so but yeah yeah figured we'd throw that out there early yeah what a what a runner and yeah the like you said the the running world really lost a huge talent and i mean a world record holder you know i don't know if anyone can touch that two hours and 35 seconds that's that's insane that's absolutely insane so you want to talk about leaving your mark on the sport too and just in terms of inspiration alone i mean there's a lot of people we look up to who are holding insane records that have been doing this Mm -hmm. forever and to see someone come in and hit those numbers within their first year of of doing this publicly and professionally is just a true testament to, you know, the just the pure athleticism and, and role model. You know, you think about new runners who see something like that and are like, you know, you don't have to do this for a lifetime to, mm-hmm. to get into that sport and do something that, you know, you set your mind to maybe not to those degrees, but just someone coming in and saying like, I can do this really well. I think that will stay for forever for both current runners and, and new runners trying, trying the sport. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah. it, a, a serious testament just to his, his love of running. I mean, he was, he was running almost 25 miles a day, uh, which yeah. is insane Wild. at, you know, yeah. close to, if not marathon pace, uh, just the, the amount of the, the performances he was putting in day in and day out were absolutely insane. So rest in peace, Kelvin yeah. Kipton. Rest in peace. Well, I'm sure we'll all be, I, yeah, I feel like the one like passing note there is I know. I'll, I'll, it's it's something that I know I'll be thinking about while running, and I'm sure millions of people yeah. are hearing this and are just like, <laughs> yes. "Man, you you can't really get that out of your head." Yeah, no, that was. But yeah, so I mean, one thing I wanted to to say, I mean, those who know him, um, Eric Floberg, uh, 
he yeah. posted something a few days ago about, you know, just speaking with his kids about, you know, who their hero was. And I think they mentioned Calvin Kipdum and, and today, you know, this morning on his, uh, on Floberg's uh, Strava, he just kind of said how crazy it is to share a course with someone and then have his, you know, f- children look up to someone and have them lose someone that they look up to. It's, uh, it, yeah, it's, you don't have words for it, really. It's, it's just crazy. Um, taken way too soon. So inspiration for us all to, to go out there and, and do a couple more miles in his honor for sure. Yep. That's right. That is right. All right. Transitioning, uh, our, our weeks, um, not nearly as many miles as that (laughs) recovery (laughs) weeks for us. Um, um, and I'll, I'll pass it to Sean. Oh, wait, do you want me to make you go first again? You went first last we time. Could, we could do we could do two and two. It's cool. Okay. I, I was just, you know, I, I looked at you and I looked at your eyes and I was like. Mm. <laughs> I can see first. over over FaceTime you were looking deep into my soul there. <laughs> uh, the good part is it doesn't matter who goes first because the recovery week breakdown is going to be much less yeah. thorough than than a, a five day run. Although we did get some good runs in. Um, but yeah, I'll go. So um I decided to take Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday off completely as in the last episode, we were talking about some some minor tweaks and injuries muscularly, mm-hmm. also in our shins. Um, I got to say, it was a little tough not running. You know, I had to kind of battle with myself to be like, just get like two or three slow miles in. It was like, no, you're not allowed to do anything <laughs> non-negotiable. And I was like, ah, fine. So I took Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday to just do some uh, really long recovery you know the things that i typically do stretch foam roll massage gun ice bath i just extended the amount of time i did each of those so you know stretching went from 15 minutes to 30 minutes ice bath went from five minutes to 15 minutes and so on and so on and i felt that that made a really big difference when i did start getting some miles in on the tail end of the week Uh, thursday I mean, this last week was really nice weather for all of us. So I hit the rail trail in Albany on Thursday. I just got five easy miles in Friday. Kyle and I linked up and snuck in a little lunch run, got five miles in as well. Yeah, yeah, we were we were cruising. And then Saturday, I I mean, it was 60, sunny and beautiful. And I wanted to just give my legs a little bit of rest before my barn loop run on Sunday. So I just did like a six mile walk with. Breland, super nice. And then obviously on Sunday, I wrapped up the week with a 12 mile barn loop with a little bit of a variation in. Uh, it was eight miles at kind of my base pace, which is between 910 and 940. Miles 9, 10, and 11, I just kind of did like a, a 5K at race pace for the half marathon, which is around 650 to seven minutes, kind of working in that. And then a one mile cool down at 940. Ironically, <sighs> towards the very end of that run, there was another race coming in the opposite direction. And I was like, what is this? And I get back to the car. And when I get feeling back in my fingers, I unlock my phone and I get a text message from Kyle. And it's like, hey, I don't know if you're doing the barn loop today, but you might see me in a race. <laughs> and so I said, I just ran past that. I didn't see you, but that's what it was. Um, so which was funny. And then Kyle checked out your Strava, saw you got some pretty fast miles in there, which was uh, 
super impressive. I'm, I'm excited to hear you talk about that. But 22 miles total. Um, the few days off was really nice. I felt honestly really refreshed to the point where like I did a five mile run today right after yesterday's barn loop and, and felt totally fine. So just a nice reminder that sometimes taking days off to take care of yourself is actually going to help you with better miles rather than taking steps back. Cause I think that's my fear, right? Like if I take a few days off, I'm losing progress, mm-hmm. but hit those runs when I got back and had the best runs so far of my whole training block. So um excited to get back into it and, and hopefully not need another rest week due to injury anytime soon. Knock on wood. I feel like, I feel like that's a really good point though, to like the whole rest week idea is like you, it doesn't mean don't run. It means mm-hmm. still get miles in, but enough to shake things out. Like you even yeah. threw some fast miles in there. That's great. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But also like being able to come into Monday fresh, like do just yeah. enough on that off week to keep things moving. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I like I had a note about extending the time that you do recovery type things. So you took yeah. that was spot on. Um, <laughs> and I do think there's like a recovery element of it doesn't mean just sit around and eat potato chips like <laughs> you still do stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. you can still run. Just really try to be as fresh as you can for that when you're going back into your next big week. So I think you nailed it. That's a really good point also about like your off rest days don't mean it's like a vacation from your training program. Like part of that recovery is also eating healthy, getting enough sleep so your body can actually recover. I know I've been guilty in the past of being like, ah, it's an off day. Let me go grab a few drinks with Mm -hmm. friends or whatever. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and and it's it's like those days off are actually still very strategic days for your, um, for your plans. So it was nice to kind of do it right this time and see the benefits of it when I got back on the trail. And, and did you see the benefits in terms of like how everything felt with your shin and your calves? Like good question. Are they still tight? Are you still feeling something? Is there a tweak in there? Is it zero? zero pain at all which was kind of surprising actually so like my shin still i mean you know was a little tender but like the muscle behind it there's Mm -hmm. no muscular pain at all and my runs this when i picked it back up like my heart rate was was pretty low Mm -hmm. on on some of those miles and it was like oh i can actually kind of see the progress in this plan now because i gave myself a few days to recover and when I'm fresh, this is where my baseline actually is. Mm -hmm. So in a lot of ways it was, it was encouraging, um, you know, to, to kind of just like hit that reset button for sure. Yeah, no, those, those runs on Strava looked great. Your barn loop looked killer. Um, yep. Nothing like, I was happy to down. I, I, you know, (laughs) Sean was running by the workout by me and I was like, you know, if it was me, I'm not saying you gotta do it, but maybe throw a cool down in there or maybe, you know, don't go straight from sprinting to getting in the car. It's a cold day. I was like, I took that. I took that word of wisdom and it, and it helped that that mile cooldown was really nice to just kind of like shake out. And now I have a few runs scheduled for this week that I'm trying to kind of like sneak in because I have to fly out midweek for a conference. Mm-hmm. That's a whole nother conversation. Whole nother but yeah, thinking yeah. about. Yeah. Thinking about the runs I got to do is like, all right, well, I should be more mindful about a mile warm up and a mile mm-hmm. cooldown in between that workout and not just like stop and start because I'm concerned about time. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And a mile is a mile. I mean, like if you're looking at the, yeah. the end number, you know, the number at the end of the week, like 37 miles is 37 miles. And 
and you know, 90, exactly. 90% of that's probably pretty slow and you're warming up and cooling down or doing it easy. And mm-hmm. so as it should be, you know, most of those miles should be slow, easy ones. And then, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. like the 80, 20 split, like 80% of your runs mm-hmm. are, are slow, steady and zone two. And then the 20% are like when you're getting sprint intervals, hill workouts and, and race pace runs. So yeah, just kind of making sure each run has a little bit of both is uh, going a long way. Nice. So Kyle, did you see Sean running or did you not see? Him? No, I mm. honestly, Sunday was just a big old chaos wagon for me. Um, <laughs> I'll ju- I'll jump into my yeah. week. I think Cody's got like the, the biggest news of the recovery week. So I'll, I think we'll save Cody for third in terms of recapping. <clears throat> um, but um yeah and i'll I'll build up to the chaos of (laughs) sunday which was Mm -hmm. i i went against everything that i'd been telling sean to avoid like throughout the week and totally (laughs) just went for it um but yeah monday i rested tuesday um was just a full body lift and no running um i always kind of start those with um a couple minutes on the bike and stretching things out and then i do like five minutes of abs and then i just kind of jump around to everything i basically just make sure i hit chest shoulders back uh quads ammies calves you know the body all the good everything. stuff <laughs> <laughs> um nothing too wild um wednesday five miles pretty easy at nine fifty six pace um thursday we rested it was honestly wild having days of rest in between run days after trying to do like six days a week um mm-hmm. It felt like quite the, quite the, ooh. The vacation. I, I was doing, I think Thursday I did the 30 minute um, yoga for runners with Adrian. I come back to the, I'm such a mm. creature of habit. I come back to the same ones. She has like the eight minute recovery yoga for runners, mm-hmm. the 12 minute pre yoga for runners, and then the 30 minute full like yoga for runners. And I just rotate those. Um, those are great. Highly recommend. Those are great. Yeah. Um, so Thursday was rest Friday, another five miles easy. Fun fact, both my five mile runs this week were exactly an average pace of nine fifty six. Consistent. That, that's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, I giggled. Um, and then Saturday I got a barn loop in 12 miles. Um, pretty smooth nine thirty five pace. It was kind of warm. I think I started at like 39 degrees and probably finished around like mid forties. Which is mm-hmm. like not warm, but it felt really warm. It was sunny, um, which was really nice. I think I just enjoyed it. I was out there trotting. Um, yeah, no headphone, no weird podcasts to update you guys on this week. Um, <laughs> Bummer. Just went no with niche my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, I got, I'm trying to stay away from those. You know, I'm trying to make friends, not lose them. Um, <laughs> and uh, but then Sunday was supposed to be, you know, just have a chill day watch some prem um you know check in on as soon as sean uploads his barn loop so i can go through his splits and you know (laughs) just go go through all his stuff and um but then we're out at dinner saturday night we're at uh shalimar getting indian in del mar new york if you're ever there Mm. it's really really good indian um and emily's cousin will was like hey i'm doing this kind of park run tomorrow morning uh it's like five bucks you sign up you can do either a 7k a 10 mile or a 20 mile 
And it's a pretty large group. I mean, there's probably like 100 people there. Mm -hmm. And like everyone's doing different distances. It is a very large group, I can attest. <laughs> it, is, it is a very large group. I did not think it would be this many people. Mm -mm. Um, and I also didn't think it would be this hard to figure out where I'm going. Um, so I signed up for the 7K, which is about four and a half miles. Um, and I was like, you know, I think, uh, I think I should be able to hang out around 6.30s maybe. Um, and I was like, I, I think I'm just going to do that. And that we'll, we'll see. And I'm like three miles in. And we go by a volunteer and we're like out on the like kind of like these like semi highways um, around um, the like UAlbany campus. There's a couple blocks beyond the main campus and they're just like 45 mile an hour roads. And we're out on this thing and I'm running with this guy who's cranking 630s. And I'm like, this is great. I'm stuck in with this guy. And I like lean over and I'm like, you're doing the four and a half mile, right? And he's like. No, nah, you're with the 10 milers. And I was like, <laughs> how did this happen? And like, it's, it, like the nerve, like, you know how everything just kind of like goes into like, well, crap. Like I like, oh shit all, moment. Yeah, exactly. I was just like, and you're like headed away. I know that I've been running away from the start for like over two miles. So you're like, well, I can't just like double back and like, like run against <laughs> all the runners. Like. So I just kind of was like, I made the decision that I was going to go for a 10K PB. And then if I was really far from the start, I was just going to jog the last like four miles really easy. But if I was close, I'll just go. I'll just wander off basically um, until I'm back at the car. Um, so, yeah, we, we managed we managed a 10K and I was pretty I was back on campus after the 10K point. So just kind of finished i ran through the finish and they were like here's your card like put your time and your distance on it and i was like doesn't matter i'm the only one that ran 10k so i won <laughs> i am in and my own all, division <laughs> they all just like looked at me and i was like yeah um but we managed uh, a new pb at the 10k um i took about two minutes off um but 42 21 average pace 649 um which like my 10k like um my 10k like i guess aggregate goal that doesn't make sense basically my 10k goal pace um was 647s when i'm considering my eventual goal for buffalo um mm -hmm. so yeah basically mm -hmm. hit you know it, it's a good measurement of like you know according to this i'd be able to run my goal at buffalo I don't think that's true because you got to actually run 26 miles to do that. So the distance part is way harder um, than the math. But um, yeah, overall, um, it was fun. Um, Emily's cousin gave me a ride to the race and we all started together and was definitely worried about me. He was like, I don't know where Kyle went. <laughs> um, but um, he waited for me, thankfully. Um, and yeah, so the week that was supposed to be easy left me pretty darn sore this morning um sean i appreciate your positive comments on strava because my my workout was sore and sad but having a positive comment makes it better um that's what we're here so yeah, for i think i ended up with about 28 miles for the week um so a solid week of mainly recovery um but um definitely it's hard when you hear about like a race and you get there and it's like race day environment because you kind of definitely just get like you can't just 
it takes a lot of discipline to not go for things. And I think yeah, you're in it. Yeah, you just I mean, it's it, it, maybe it's just in our personalities of. Absolutely. And also, I mean, I thought I was going four and a half miles. So I was like, I can crank out four and a half miles. And then it was like mm, going six point two. Like that kind of stinks. But I don't know. It was a, it was a success. It looked great, man. So yeah. question for the run. Um, well, I guess a few questions around that that 10k you did one did you run in that pace in the invincibles no no i was in the um uh a6 uh magic speed three mm, okay that's Which, good because i was gonna say like the doing yeah. that in the invincibles would have been actually incredible because those things are cinder blocks like we've discussed yeah. on <laughs> on on many times so um props to you there with did you feel better doing like a 650-ish pace for six miles having had a lot of the week to recover? Yeah, I mm-hmm. I've, I definitely was like, and especially I think coming off the barn loop the day before, mm-hmm. I was kind of like, eh, you know, that was a bigger, you know, it's a two-hour workout. So I think with that, I thought I'd be a little bit more sore. But I think, honestly, a lot of the things we've talked about, like, you know, one thing that I mentioned is in a recovery week, I, I mean, I personally, and I would recommend to anyone to eat just as much as they would, I you know, oh, yeah. in a real training week. And like we were, I've also been kind of good about like, I don't like I didn't, I didn't have a drink like until Sunday night at the watching yeah. the football game. Um, so like I, I, I just felt very unconsciously, but I guess, no, subconsciously like prepared mm-hmm. for I wasn't, I like I ate a huge meal. Like we went out, we had Indian like I got to bed at an okay time on Saturday night and it was kind of like mm-hmm. I accidentally really created like a, a race day ritual out of nowhere. Um, one thing I will thing, say, about the magic speed threes, I really like them. Um, but I, I think I have like a, like just like one hard like spot, like callus on the, on the outside of my left foot on kind of the ball of my foot. And mm. I've kind of connected the dots that it kind of came up when I first bought the Magic Speed 3s. And I don't really notice it when I was running in uh, the New Balance Morphe 4s. Like I did a ton of mm-hmm. miles in. And I would go like weeks without wearing the Magic Speeds. And then like literally right after the race yesterday, I took them off. I brought the Invincibles with me and switched into them in the car. And I was mm-hmm. like, I think those shoes give me... Like, it's not even like a, like, it's, it's, it's hard a to bunion. explain. Maybe like, it's, it, <laughs> it's like a really old person spot of my foot. I don't understand, but it hurts <laughs> and it's hard. A, a calloused hot spot from. Yeah. Yeah. That's so it, interesting. I think it just applies a lot of pressure. Like, I think in yeah. like one specific spot that other shoes do a better job of either cushioning or because I've done like. I like I wouldn't recommend it like I've said in the past, but like I've done pretty fast workouts in the Invincibles and I don't even notice this. So mm. I think it just means for me that if I want more of a speed day shoe and especially a race day shoe, it needs to be both a cushion shoe and mm-hmm. a performance shoe, um, which mm-hmm. thankfully it sounds like every new shoe <laughs> is like from Super what I've heard cushioned. about. Um, like the alpha flies seem to be much better for normal people than the previous alpha flies and everything that I've heard about the endorphin pros, which I'm, I'm pretty curious mm-hmm. about. I'm not going to lie. Um, 
So, but I, I, I was kind of thinking like, if this is going to be the case with the magic speeds, I may be looking into grabbing a endorphin speed, like three on sale in the next like couple of weeks, just to like have like a quick day, actual comfy shoe yeah. um, that isn't going to give me like a weird hot, hot spot. Yeah. Well, darn, you got to buy a new buy pair. A new pair. I know it feels Jeez. messed up. No, what a no. shame. <laughs> Or I just do all of my speed work in the Invincibles to prove a point for the rest of the training block. <laughs> if you do that for the rest of the training block, you're going to beat both me and Cody. By the time you put on like a nice light pair of shoes, you're going to be flying. Right? <laughs> I was kind of thinking that. Like, it's like weighted vest training. Yeah. <laughs> you, my legs will love it. Sean, you wore the the magic speeds for a little while too, right? And did you have you had similar shoes? I got the twos. I didn't get the threes. I got the twos because they were on sale for like ninety bucks. Okay, and it's funny. I remember this. I I got a pair. I hated them, and they just like <laughs> effed up my ankle so bad. And I returned them, and I I remember Cody. I texted you, and you're like. Yeah, that's probably why they're like two years old and still available in size nine because they're not that good. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to keep that in mind next time I think about getting a previous year's version if it hasn't been sold out already. That's a good, yeah. that's usually a pretty I, good sign right there that like mm-hmm. uh, maybe yeah. you maybe want to stay away from that. Uh, they're definitely trying that to get statement rid of that, that you said stuck with me. I was like, yeah, he's probably right on this. <laughs> so now, yeah, skip those. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, Kyle, I had one one question on that. Actually, two questions now that you brought up the magic speeds. My first one yeah. with having to do with the magic speeds, probably running on your toes mo- or not on your toes, but mostly four four foot striking. So maybe that has a little mm-hmm. something to do because every time you're wearing those, mm-hmm. you're you're going a little faster. But weird that it's on mm-hmm. one side and not the other. I'm sure. I, I mean, I'm definitely like, if you watch me run, I'm far from a like perfectly symmetrical sure sure i feel like i definitely like i swing more with my right arm um i think honestly from carrying a gopro with a selfie stick for like four years (laughs) of running um but so i i definitely feel like it's probably something it's Mm -hmm. combined definitely definitely has to do with picking up the speed um it I think it's also an element of they're not like a super cushion shoe, but they do have a really like it's the same carbon fiber plate that they put in the Meta Speed Sky Plus. But the Meta Speed Sky mm-hmm. Plus has like 40 percent more foam around it. All on all on the forefront, gotcha. too. I mean, it's it's like a yeah. really spongy midsole okay. striker. That makes sense. I, yeah, I think I think there's elements of like the shoe, the speed and probably me being slightly just not, mm-hmm. you know, perfectly symmetrical and landing probably a little bit harder on my left side. Um, Makes sense. You know, thousands of times. But yeah. Yeah. Interesting. My second question there was, what was the fit? Did you wear a, like a performance? Oh, good question. Or I, a, this, the, the important things. I, I want you to know that I had I did this. Oh, that's such a good question, Cody. I'm so glad you asked <laughs> that. Um, mainly because I think I ran faster exclusively because i tucked my shirt in yes and you are you were half tights too i'm assuming oh yeah yeah oh yeah right. half tights and it was almost like it was like a medium but baggy like dry fit nike oh top. yeah so like you know a little wind little breeze but like a good tuck good tuck solid um, <laughs> so um and i i did a really good um i i would not recommend people do this because i don't want to be held accountable but i was wearing like a an old soccer um, pullover and I had a beanie 
And I was like, I wore it until the moment oh, the yeah. gun went off. And then I, I ripped it off. I rolled them up and I chucked them underneath the tree. And they were still there <laughs> when I got back. That's um, what, um, which, you know, you, you got to do that. That's the, you like, you take old running shirts or shirts, you know, shirts that you've gotten from races yeah, or something. It'd be fine if I lost it. And then, yeah, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. that was my mom's advice. Actually. She's like, just get an old ratty t-shirt and then you can just toss it. So, well, nice, man. Yep. I love the, uh, I love the half tights. Uh, I definitely have to get myself yeah. a pair of those with a pocket. Um, I can't just be running around in compression shorts, uh, looking like a complete fool i need to look a little bit a little bit more professional but uh that's great yeah. dude that was an awesome i saw that on on strava and i was like was this a mistake i, I literally have a note here that was like did you <laughs> plan on running a 10k <laughs> the day after a long run or was that a spur of the moment and you hit it it was spur of the moment i love that but once it you was like go one more oh man once you get that once you get that race <laughs> bug in your inspiration can't you can't not do a race it's kind of like you can't not do the turkey trot. You know, it's there. You got to just yeah. do it. So it doesn't it doesn't matter the circumstances sometimes when. And also, I really felt like I've watched so many basically British YouTubers talk about their park runs. I know and how they have these community based running events. And I was like, man, I want like a park run. And then I was thought about it. And I was like, I have that. Yeah. And I get to do it. Nice. Um, so, yeah. I that that's the week. It was a surprise. Um, but I think that's all I got. Transition on to Cody's week of recovery miles. Yeah. Let's get it. Yeah. So similar to Sean, I took Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off from running. Uh Tuesday I did a a uh, one hour ride. So about eleven miles plus a little bit of strength training. Um, Wednesday, I was feeling good. I remember calling Sam and saying, Hey, I'm going to go work out with the, uh, Victor running club. And then at the last minute, Ooh. she said, I'm mad at you. Uh, that's stupid. And I was like, damn, you're right. Uh, so I, <laughs> I skipped it and I just went into a 30 minute ride plus a little bit of strength Smart. training. Uh, Thursday was just an easy five coming back. Um, and and felt pretty good uh definitely felt like it was it was weird like i had sunday monday tuesday and wednesday off from running and when i got back on thursday i could definitely feel like my body was shaking off a couple cobwebs like it felt good once i got going but um yeah it might have also been a little bit um because i did it in the afternoon and i've been doing most of these runs in the morning so maybe there was a little Mm. you know i was tired from sitting all day who knows Um, so that was, yeah, that was Thursday. Um, Friday was an off day, sort of, I had a, another PT appointment, um, where we're just kind of working on some better mechanics and did a little bit of cupping on my calf, which was pretty cool. Yeah, that was awesome. And I got to talk, I got to talking with one of their, um, one of the physical therapists there who is a runner so that was great to just you know, it's always good to talk to runners um you don't seem as crazy to them so <laughs> after that so true. um they- friday night was a qu- quick session sam and i went to some evening yoga which was fantastic oh. that felt great um it's always humbling when you go to yoga and you're like, wow, I'm, I'm not as strong as I think I am. Uh, 
my hip doesn't move quite like that. So that was great. That prepped me for my Saturday long run. Um, wasn't really sure about this. I remember saying I was going to do seven in my head. I was thinking, you know, get to mile four, see how you feel. If you feel good, go to mile seven. If you feel good at seven, go to 10. And if you feel good at 10, go to 12. And honestly, I felt fantastic. I started at about a 930 mile and progressed down to an eight minute mile, kind of without even knowing it. Um, My watch was keeping my average time rather than my uh, lap time. So yeah, when the miles checked off and I was seeing those splits, I was like, oh, wow, that I'm, I'm feeling good. And I was definitely really focusing on my um, just like where I was striking the ground. I was really like really trying to get that four foot strike. And that that felt great, honestly, but it killed my calves. Mm. So my calves are sore as heck on Sunday. Um, the exciting news on Saturday uh, was that it was 60 degrees. Um, I went to Aurora, New York with Sam and we got engaged. So that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So we love love. We love love. (laughs) We really do. Uh, it was a beautiful day. We got to, uh, celebrate with my parents and Sam's parents and a few of our friends. So, um, still, still just absolutely buzzing about that and, and so happy. So love you, Sam. Uh, she can probably hear me in the other room, but, um, yeah, so (laughs) that's my little, little surprise there. Uh, and then took, took yesterday off again, calves, super sore. Um, that's what happens when you basically have been a heel striker all your life and you decide to do a 12 mile progression run at, uh, on your, on your toes basically. So, uh, yeah, good Saturday. Love the warm temperature. It was, it was really big bummer running today and putting gloves on, but we'll save that for next week. Uh, yeah, uh, I think I, I had, finished maybe 17 miles on the week. So not not a huge dip, not a huge dip. 10 miles. I think we all dipped about t- mm-hmm. 10 miles this week. So pretty consistent. Yeah. And I love that we all took time off and then we all did big efforts and felt great about them. So, yeah. Yeah. Looks like that taper I thing wanted, is real. Yeah, what's up? I, I wanted I was curious about um and if you've ever like one, your your long runs baller, like the negative splits show volumes, I think, of how both probably how good you were feeling, but also how much fun you were having. Oh yeah. Like, I feel like that must have been mm-hmm. kind of fun to just like continue to roll into things. I did want to I was curious about your cadence. Just I so I was I'm I'm looking at it as a 152, which I feel like for the pace, like that number could be wrong. Just because I feel like I like I know for your height and your pace, that probably is closer to like 160, 165. And I was wondering if you've ever looked at that. Um, just because I know that people I like that's something that over the years I've had people be like. Well, it's because your, you know, your 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 cadence is too slow for the paces you're trying to go, and that could be kind of messing up hmm. your gait or a reason that you're ending up with certain injuries. Um, and I know that it's something that I've I've spent some time with. Like I know my watch has a metronome in it, and sometimes I'll set that to if I want to run at like a 170 um, steps per minute. Um, you can set it to 
probably half that Mm -hmm. because you don't want to hear the beep every time. Then you just count every time one foot hits. But yeah, I was curious if you've ever looked at Cadence and if I'm just, you know, throwing a random thing at you and just shocking you. No, it's kind of interesting you say that because every time I've looked at my Cadence, I feel like it's always right around 150. Like it never Mm. varies more than five plus or minus 150. So or. 150 plus or minus five, excuse me. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe that is a, I don't know. Maybe my watch is not measuring it correctly. Um, yeah, I really don't know that much about, about, or what changes my cadence. I've sometimes I've tried to Mm -hmm. change it and tried to get more steps in and it just seems like I never change it that much. So I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. Um, what is your average cadence on these types of runs? That's a good question. Let me take a look at, um, I'll pull up my barn loop. And so my average cadence was 164. And I was averaging about 45 seconds slower than you. So like my turnover Mm -hmm. probably shouldn't be quicker than yours. Which makes me think that your watch is not recording it accurately. Or you just have, you know, you're like, you could be more of a stride runner. Like you just, you Mm -hmm. get further with each stride. And I'm more of a tiny little foot fairy getting a bunch of steps <laughs> it, it could be it could be i think it's something worth looking into for sure um because right i, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case cody because i've had i have a picture of you finishing the um like the corning half and i've seen a few pictures of you actually in races and your stride is super long mm. like when you're when you're when your front leg is reaching like it's reaching I'll have to show I'll have to send you a few pictures, but I wouldn't be surprised if you just have like a long gait when you're doing those runs, especially at some faster paces. That makes sense. That is one of the things the physical therapist said that I potentially overstride. And that is and because ah. I'm a because I'm a heel striker, when I'm overstriding, you know, there's that mm, much more adds that extra just like jarring the leg. So I think maybe one of the things on this progression run was that I was I was kind of shortening my strides to get that, uh, mm-hmm. that f- four foot strike. Um, who knows? It's definitely something worth, worth looking into. I don't know. I'm curious what my cadence was today. Now that you say that, because I tried to mimic what I was doing. Um, I mean, I, I as long as you feel good, man, I, I feel like that's like, the, you can't rely too much, but yeah, it's one of those, yeah. it is one of those metrics. It's that another, like, another metric. I, yeah, it can help. Mm-hmm. Or it can be something where you can, compare it to other things and realize that it's got to be wrong yeah um but it, it, it's nice to have something like that to i think think about during your run next time and then go back and see if it's messed up so you can be like no i was very intentional about something or do like one mile with the metronome on mm-hmm. just so that you can be like no I, w- I was nailing this or wow that feels uncomfortable like just a uh, just a i guess mm. I'll have to try that get out. Get some get some good stats. Um, I did a lot of I for mo- a lot of a I read this book, um, Chi Running. I can't remember who wrote it, but Ooh, it's I know it's what a book you speak mm-hmm. of. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, it's definitely like um, you know it's similar to almost like a Maffetone philosophy of it, it's it's about running for your entire life. It's not about like getting really fast, um, but they do. They, he talks a lot about cadence running and short steps and making sure you're not um, just kind of like, I don't know, all the things they tell you, like, don't be reaching, 
try to really strike only bend at the ankles. Don't be bending at the hips. Um, and really having a good kind of kick back rather than a reach out. Um, granted, I read this book like two years ago, so that's all I can really remember from it. But I remember that cadence was like a big like if you're if you're in pain, try to quicken up your pain, your cadence. That'll naturally pull you back into like a more comfortable uh, like pacing. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense, too, because like when Cody, I'm similar to you being a classic heel striker. I've tried to put more focus on like the mid to forefront. Mm -hmm four foot striking and it's making me reach less. So like my steps are a little bit closer to my body. And also I've been trying to like focus leaning forward a little bit too. And I've noticed that also takes off a lot of pressure on like my knees mm -hmm. or, or ankle joints um, and things like that. So even just like the mechanics of it, I'm curious if, if you'll notice, like if you keep trying to do, um, like the midfoot striking, if you'll find that your cadences will will increase. But one of the the questions I I had for you about your your runs, and you said this in one of the earlier podcasts that I kind of admired with with your approach to running. You said like you're just kind of you're you're referencing your watch, but you're just kind of going and and feeling the runs and not necessarily like checking it as much. I don't do that well. I'm like obsessively looking at my watch. Are you is are you still doing that for some of your runs or do you feel like you're you're referencing a little bit more as you get more technical on on some of these longer runs? So th the nice thing about the preloaded workouts on my watch is it gets rid of the heart mm -hmm. rate stat um and it just mm -hmm. has how many miles left and like what my time is right now. And then it'll give me my lap splits. But it removes heart rate mm. from the equation, which I, I kind of like it because now I'm just going on a rate of perceived effort and like, I felt good on that run, but my heart rate would beg to differ. Cause I was super high. I think my average right. was in the one mm. seventies. Like it was way, it was super high, but I felt, mm. I felt great. Like I wouldn't have kept running that fast had I felt like crap. Um, so yeah, no, I'm still just kind of running to run, honestly. Like I had 12 and I just was like, I'm going to mm -hmm. go out and I, I feel good. It's a warm day. I'm wearing my pink shorts. Like I'm going to just run. Oh, yeah. And like every person I saw, it was a good morning. How's it going? What a day we're having in February. It's just like yeah. being that annoying runner guy. And so <laughs> I've, I've, I'm, yeah, I've, I've definitely left that behind because I'm just trying to I'm just trying to do it. I'm just trying to run. I'm just trying to get the miles in and feel mm -hmm. like feel good while doing it, but also like mentally be happy just running and not, I feel like if mm -hmm. I look too much at my watch, I get frustrated with myself. Like if I'm looking at my heart rate and it spikes to 160 and I'm on an easy run, I'm like, you know, I'm beating myself up thinking, why am I, you know, what's wrong with you? What, what are you doing wrong? And now you got to walk and now you got to do this. And Whereas otherwise yeah. it's all just an average and I can look at all the stats afterwards and be like, well, well I did it and I felt good and you know, whatever. Uh, as long as I recover well and I'm not, you know, absolutely, you know, I'm not going out and sprinting 12 miles, but um, yeah, mm -hmm. it was a, and, and I, I don't know, maybe I just felt good from not running for a few days. So my legs were fresh and yeah. Yeah. One thing I did want to note too is, um, all of these runs this week were in the, uh, I, I purchased a new pair of Saucony Triumphs 20 off Amazon. Oh yeah. And nice. for anyone looking for a max cushion kind of everyday trainer, those are 
the Triumph 20s are on Amazon in most colors and most sizes for about 80 bucks, which is a steal when it comes to running shoes these days. Um, and I know we were just talking about the, about the magic speeds, having a lot of (laughs) color options uh, available, but I can say that these red flag, no, these, these are great. I'm, I'm, they run like my endorphin speeds and clearly I was able to pick up the pace a little bit and, and felt like I had enough protection everywhere. So, um, yeah, yeah. Highly recommend those. I I'll be wearing my speeds for, for speed work. And, you know, once I getting into the, some marathon pace miles but yeah those those were a, a big win a big win so go go soft it's helpful to have two pairs to to go back and forth absolutely you know, it maintains the integrity mm-hmm. of each um i want to quickly go back to something you said just around like you know putting your watch away and focusing just on how you feel and i think that's a really important thing for i know not just us but runners in general i think sometimes it's so easy to get highly technical about your runs. There's so much you could focus on like heart rate, cadence, patterns and and steps and mechanics. And I think sometimes it's really easy to forget that we fell in love with running because it makes us feel really good. Mm -hmm. And your body ultimately has more wisdom in it than any watch can tell. Like, Like the metrics on the watch can help inform you to provide a framework for you know, being more strategic. But at the end of the day, I think there's something to be said about making an active choice to remove some of that external stimulus and just kind of be mm-hmm. in your body and in your, you know, mind when you're running, because that's ultimately where you're getting the most value out of it. Like listening to your body, seeing how it feels and adapting as compared to looking at your watch and using that data to determine how to navigate a run because you might be able to make a better determination about what to do throughout your run if you're simply just tuning in to how your body feels as compared to what that watch is telling you because sometimes like the watch helps steer it but it might tell you something different like you're a perfect example of you know I felt good but my heart rate said it was high you know Mm -hmm. you may have change the course of your entire run if you were looking at that number as compared to just simply tuning in and you feeling good about that without that external number allowed you to have a really good long run and i think sometimes as i said like we forget that that's really kind of the true source of wisdom for steering a lot of these runs so i know i take a lot of inspiration from your approach that way and i think i want to try and start doing a little bit of that as well because i over index where i'm like numbers metrics and like almost like robocop style how do i make this the most efficient Mm -hmm. and then sometimes like ignoring the internal to focus on the external yeah and and to that point it's like if you're just on a, a an easy run like yeah you could leave the watch behind or leave the heart rate behind or whatever but if you're doing a you know if you're doing a marathon pace or your threshold and you want to be hitting that zone three or you want to be hitting you know, your cooldowns in the zone two, I can definitely see the, the data being important yeah. there. So, um, room, room for both room for both. Room and, for and both. you know, yeah, you could be having a great day and your heart rate could say different, or you could be having a really shitty day and you feel like crap, but your heart rate's like, Hey, you're doing great. And your Garmin watch says, wow, you're so productive today. I hate the Garmin yeah. prompts. Mm-hmm. There's, they, <laughs> I hate them so much. Like, 
I look at my watch a mile in and it's like, you're unproductive, you you dirty rat. And I'm like, yo, <laughs> I get those every single run. And I'm like, what the hell, yeah. man? Like, I'm having a productive run. I didn't lose I feel three great. points, whatever that even means. Like, what <laughs> what point system are you even counting over here? Yeah. And right. Yeah. It's just a number. <laughs> I also <laughs> think for for that Saturday run, for some reason, my um, my Koros heart rate monitor didn't it didn't connect properly. So I, I think I lost my heart rate data on that, which was kind of a bummer. So it just went to my watch. Yeah. Um, but I was also, mm. you know, popping the question that day. So I was kind of freaking out. I was going to say, you may have <laughs> some, some pregame yeah, jitters some pre- before yeah, that. Anyways. Absolutely. Absolutely. So also, man, smart, smart timing your runs. It would, it would have been uh, less than romantic if you're like, Will you marry me? Oh, by the way, I got to go fit in this 12 mile run after so we can celebrate this afterwards. Yeah, honestly, so good job getting all the runs in beforehand. Honestly, the run before after after I I asked, I was just like, I need I need a cheeseburger like stat. I need some I need I need I need some protein and um, yeah, let's go get Calories. me some food. I, just, I pigged out that night. I I, I ate Sam's yeah. half of her chicken Caesar wrap. I ate a massive cheeseburger and, uh, it was, and mm. I think, and we got some five guys milkshakes at the end of the night. So <sighs> yeah. What a win. Not great. What a good yeah. weekend all around. It was a, it was a very good, I think very good weekend. Next time Cody is in Albany and you may have already been, um, but I think we all go to Herbie's not to be confused with Sean's dog, but um, <laughs> I was going to say, this is, is my place, not his place. <laughs> <God damn it. laughs> no, it's uh, it's like the burger. It's a smash burger place. There's one in Albany and there's one in Schenectady. Oh, but they do oh. like milkshakes and like it's like a California style smash burger, but they're pretty great. I saw that and had no idea what it was. So, yeah, man. Oh, I'm there for it. Maybe I'm down. Let's do it. I feel like it. I feel like it's fitting for some of the cravings we got. Um, Absolutely. By the way, the chi, yeah. the chi running book that you mentioned is that is the author Danny Dreyer. Does that ring a bell? I've got I've got something pulled up here. Chi running. One second, Danny Dreyer. Okay. Yeah. I've definitely that book is absolutely in my parents house i've definitely seen that a few times so i was gonna oh. say i've never read it but it's been on my mother's living room table yeah. probably for like 20 Maybe years that's now where I've seen it. and i always see it yep murphy it's household the, it's the rich dad poor dad uh like book for runners <laughs> <laughs> that everyone just has that's such a good equivalent <laughs> so uh i don't yeah. want to i don't know i mean we've kind of touched on this a little bit already but kind of changing gears into um like full on into recovery and kind of what we're doing for recovery um if we're doing anything unique i know sean you've got your your uh mega man boots uh or your robocop boots whatever however you want to put it um that's right kyle i'm curious what what's on your plate for for recovery what kind of unique things you're doing and i'll jump into a few of mine as well so um so I would say we we've touched on two things that I, I was planning on kind of mentioning is just eat eat as much as you would normally eat in your recovery weeks. Consider it a time to pack like fuel your body, get it as comfortable as it can be. Um, just because your muscles are gonna, especially if you're coming out of a hard week, mm-hmm. like treat yourself a little bit too, because you like your mm-hmm. mentality is just as important. Like 
we've talked about eating these delicious foods, like going and getting a cheeseburger and a milkshake. Like if that's something that you like, I'm not going to, I'm going to say you earned it regardless of how far you, if you did anything that was really hard that week, like you've earned that kind of thing um, or whatever your equivalent is to that. Um, so eat like it's a full training week. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, unless you're like, I don't know, like if you're planning on taking like six weeks off, don't, don't <laughs> like just do that for six weeks. Like we're talking like, you know, one to two weeks, maybe you just finished a, a marathon block and you're taking two weeks off before starting something new, obviously, you know, go mm-hmm. ham and then you can get back into things. Um, another thing that Sean brought up was time that you're dedicating to, yoga rolling stretching um if you're getting into the boots if you're doing ice baths like i one thing that i found is like since i'm not dedicating like an hour to running on you know three days this last week that i would have been doing it's not just like oh i'm gonna roll real quick before i head out the door to work it's i'm setting aside you know 25 minutes to roll to stretch a bit to sit in positions that Mm -hmm. feel really good like Mm-hmm. And really, I would say, like, consider that like a replacement session, not just something you're throwing in. Um, so extending that time. And I also this doesn't have anything to do with recovery, but it's also really important, I think, to maybe catch up on other things in life that you didn't get to in the last five weeks because you've been running every single morning and you're tired as heck all the time. Um, one thing I did this week was like I spent like three hours um I want to say on Saturday after my long run. No, it was on Sunday between the Super Bowl and um, the random 10K race. Um, I like reorganized our bedroom because we wanted to see how the bed works against a different wall. So I just like tore (laughs) apart our bedroom, took everything and put it in the kitchen and was like moving things around and was like, this is how the bedroom needs to be. (laughs) Um, Nice. And like Emily was trying to do school work in the other room and I was just like, yeah, I got it. <laughs> Banging stuff around. Stop what you're doing and look at this. <laughs> this look is, at this this is perfect. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, and um, yeah, take take time for those things, whether mm-hmm. it's I mean, whether it's I don't know, like watching a movie or something that you don't normally take time. Like the very the things that you don't fit in. I mean, obviously, like Super Bowl was fell on a weekend that was also kind of a recovery weekend that I don't care at all who won the Super Bowl. Um, I wasn't, I I wasn't all into it. I'd say it was kind of a down Super Bowl compared to other ones, including Usher, you know, don't, don't come at me, but wasn't my jam. Um, but like, and we still got together at a, a friend's house and like had a, had, I had, I had one whole mango white claw, um and i felt you, like a wild wild boy madman but i also ate like an entire domino's pizza and five chocolate chip cookies so <laughs> crazy <laughs> that's where i go ham that's where i go hard is the domino's um, speaking of uh finding finding downtime or finding time to fill you know to do other things i was at this because of this past week we had you know some more time free i started picking back up a book to read and um i got so into reading it yesterday i forgot that i missed an entire super bowl party that i was invited to i looked at <laughs> i looked at my um i didn't even realize last night and then the person that invited me over texted me about doing a camping trip in june and i was like oh 
oh my god i I totally bailed on that super bowl party so just finding time to to catch up on some other activities i was like oh man bad friend move but what was it what was the book so i have always wanted to read the lord of the rings not just watch the movies so i got all three books in one and i crushed (laughs) about 100 pages yesterday so i'm just uh cruising through it where, so where is where is frodo where did you leave off they are um they just spent the night at the prancing pony oh. in that inn oh sweet yes it's so interesting because cody you you saw breland and i just did a movie marathon so i wanted to read the books and see how they're different from the uh mm-hmm. from the movies and and it's so much more expansive mm-hmm. like there was like probably 40 pages about just their interaction at the the oh, prancing wow. pony so it's been fun but point being it got so into it i i forgot that i had a super bowl party to attend whoops <laughs> no worries um yeah so kyle i i you mentioned the thing about food and like not you know not skimping on on your food on your off days and that kind of touched <laughs> if you guys saw my beautiful instagram story of me dropping my eggs uh <laughs> funniest thing i've ever seen that was yeah it was um, I, I was like sitting in the kitchen and I was thinking to myself like, oh, you know, I'm just going to have a bagel with cream cheese. Like, that's it. I'm not going to have any eggs tonight, today, this morning. And I was like, you know what? No, I can't like I cannot skimp on nutrition because like this is my body expecting me to keep loading it with nutrients and protein and carbs. And it's just so depleted regardless. So I made that video. Um, didn't go as planned, but it was funny. It got a laugh. Uh, but yeah, I feel like the eating part is like when you're really behind on work and you finally get like two get two days to catch up and it's like your body's opportunity to catch up on all the fuel that it's been missing. Because in reality, mm-hmm. I'm probably under eating um, for the amount of mm-hmm. effort that I'm putting in. And I listened to our I was our second or third podcast about our diets and I was listening to that back and I was like, oh man, I, I got to eat more food. Like I'm not eating nearly enough food. I'm hungry. And so, yeah, that it's like, it's your opportunity to replenish everything and, and like top off all your levels. So eating is so important. So, so important on the off days. I, that kind of, I mean, that struck a little bit of a note with me, but I don't, over the last week, I have transitioned to just I get my I get like maybe less than eight ounces of coffee after my morning run or I mm. when I wake up in the morning and then I just have tea for the rest of the day because I was honestly in a routine of like three to four cups of coffee throughout the day. And I was like making like espressos at like 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. and then wondering why Ooh. I wasn't like getting good sleep or like so. That that's honestly been something that kind of plays on, you know, it. another thing you can do in your recovery weeks is take uh, try to like reset some things mm-hmm. if you can. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a very like specific thing to me, but I do think there's a lot of people out there that probably drink a ton of coffee and they feel like they need a ton of coffee. But in reality, if they went through a couple hard weeks of just drinking a little bit less then that one cup of coffee seems a really special in the morning. I look forward to it mm-hmm. quite a lot. Although I will say I've gotten really into drinking like 
like I still drink like English breakfast at like 10 a.m. with like some oat milk and some maple syrup in it. Oof, and it's yum, freaking awesome. Yum. So like it's still um, it's not like I'm, you know, just kicking caffeine. But I mean, it, it's something that I've been thinking about for a while. And it was something that I definitely was like, all right, this is a good week to like mm-hmm. really kind of get into that and make a bit of a shift. And I'm sure, you know, we'll come a day in the next like six months that I find myself back at three cups of coffee a day. But that's the cycle of life. And yeah. But restarting is important, though. I mean, I when yeah. when you're in the thick of of training, like I know all of us, you're exhausted throughout the day, especially when you're getting those runs. And so a lot of times you're just trying to keep up with yourself mm-hmm. the whole day. So you get a good run in the morning, then you go right to work and you're like, OK, like I still have to I still have a job. So let me scarf down as much as I can. Let me just chug coffee so I can still kind of like have my executive functioning skills. And then at the end of the day, you're you're cooked. So having some of that time off to be like, okay, let me reduce the coffee. Let me be more intentional with the food, I think can start you back up on, on the right foot. And then probably within two weeks, again, you're back to chugging coffee. But having those resets, I think, I mean, we ha- let's say we have five or six of those throughout our training block. You know, that's still good habit building for for us to just, you know, be intentional with with how we recover, even when we're in the thick of marathon training. Absolutely. You forget. Oh, you like forget what you uh, like, what you need to be doing while you're running. You know, yeah. like you forget the obvious things mm-hmm. like more veggies, more carbs. And you're just like, I ran today. I need a bagel. I need this protein <laughs> shake and I need yep. chicken and rice for dinner. Like you get in this weird mindset yeah. and when yeah. you get that time off, you can be like, Maybe instead of chicken and rice this week, we're going to, you know, mix it up and do a steak or a salmon or, you know, and, and throw some avocado mm-hmm. and and something a little bit more unique in there. You can plan your meals out. You can you can do a lot <laughs> yeah. of other things. Yeah. Yeah. So because you just go for the most low maintenance thing right, at the you're time. Exhausted. You're like, I'm tired. I'm hungry. Let me go to the coffee. Let me go to the toast. Let me go mm-hmm. to like the the pasta and chicken thing because it's just the easiest thing. And I'm tired and I want to put a lot not, of energy. And into not it. that anything's wrong with those, but like you can do more. No, but it's bland. You can do more and <laughs> yeah. you can like take the time to to do more and plan out your meals or or whatever, whatever you need to do. So sorry, Kyle. Exactly. It felt like this last week was like a vacation for all of us in some mm-hmm. ways. Now we're back feeling refreshed and can <clears throat> kind of start on the right foot again. Yeah, I will say I'm definitely not feeling very refreshed, but I deserve that 100%. <laughs> I definitely did that to myself. Said the man who ran today, 17 miles today in was two brutal. days. <laughs> I'm hurting today. Um, yeah, but one other thing I wanted to bring up just in terms of recovery, Sean, you touched on ice baths and in, in kind of increasing your yeah. your amount of ice baths um, and foam rolling, blah, 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 all of that. So one thing, this mm-hmm. is kind of my secret right now, is hot bath with Epsom salt is like literally Ooh. feels like I'm melting my muscles away, um, like 25, 30 minutes in the bath. And, you know, you can read a book, listen to music, mm. listen to a podcast, play Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, what are you playing Pokemon on in the bath? <laughs> My, you got a Game Boy? I got a Switch. I got a, I got a Nintendo Switch. Oh, yeah. Hey, oh, duh. Yeah. Okay. Um, We're fully risky. grown adults here. <laughs> <laughs> but those those Epsom salt baths are are awesome. And Sam's always Ooh, taken I baths like, like uh, and I've never understood them um, because I, you know, the last time I was taking regular baths was when I was 
four years old. Uh, so, mm-hmm. but yeah, those are, those are fantastic. Like just soothe, soothe those little muscle pains, those little aches. Just yeah. Loosen the tension. That's funny. I'm going to have to try that. Cause right now the ice baths for me are really nice for just like numbing mm-hmm. some of mm-hmm. the, the pain. And I've actually found that they've been really helpful, but I have thought before, I was like, I wonder if a, like a hot bath will help just be like a muscle relaxer in some ways, because a lot, I, you know, oh, yeah. after you get in, you get your ankle joints are achy mm-hmm. your your muscles get achy. I, I find I, because my muscles don't get tight, but my joints get achy the ice baths have been helpful because i don't feel my ankles mm-hmm. like an excruciating pain every time i step once i get out of the ice bath whereas like let's say if i have crazy sore quads one day uh, a hot bath would be the perfect remedy yes yeah for that so i think having both in there because it, it doesn't even because i'm like i got the ice baths i don't want to do the other one but having both in your arsenal is probably going to be even more helpful in terms of just like how dynamic you could be with the recovery because you could put a lot of time into it in the recovery just as much as you can with the running oh my, with yeah. having like four or five different activities. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, ice baths, you use ice, ba- ice, uh, ice bath, ice baths to uh, <laughs> say what? <laughs> that's, that's like ease inflammation of your muscles. Like right after you run mm. an ice bath right after is perfect. But yeah. like the next day when you got, you know, I had sore calves yesterday and I was like, all right, hot bath, Epsom salt, an ice bath isn't going to do anything for me at that point. Um, I'm not like my muscles aren't completely torn up right just now. It's just super tight. Yeah. More. So, yeah. Um, yeah, those those mm-hmm. are my that's my uh, secret weapon right now are the Epsom salt baths and, Quick. and hot, hot Epsom salt baths. Yeah. Quick, funny note. I love that you're like, I haven't taken the bath since I was four, but I'm playing Pokemon as a 30 year old. <laughs> <laughs> True, true. <laughs> I don't take baths, but I do have four different Bulbasaurs. <laughs> you better believe it. I've outgrown those baths. I'm not a child anymore. I'm gonna catch them all. You gotta you don't don't even. I, I was I was into the Epsom salts uh, baths when we lived in Raleigh. We had a really nice tub in our apartment, mm. and that was I was bit, I would set my laptop up, watch some Netflix, like a good tub. So that was nice. we 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 only have like a walk in shower mm-hmm. now. So it's no options, but I'm, I'm, I'm a hot shower. I'm a, I'm a steamer. Yeah. I, I haven't been doing, I don't think I've done any cold in months other than running in really cold. <laughs> that counts, right? <laughs> well, it's not fun. I can't say it's an enjoyable thing to do. So yeah, I definitely exactly, wouldn't blame yeah. you. <laughs> um, I did, I was curious. Um, this is something I recently, I, I think it was like Saturday night. I was laying in bed. And I was looking ahead, which is a pretty dangerous thing to do, I'd say. Um, but I was looking at my spreadsheet and where I've kind of landed. And I was kind of like reanalyzing, I guess, and kind of re like taking a moment to reproject on how things have gone so far and maybe like the timeline towards the half and the full. And I was curious if you guys have done any of like that or do you feel like do you, do you feel like things are going pretty well? I guess using this as just like a a little KPI. Check in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How's, I think so. How's everyone feeling? Good. I mean, I, I, this is the first week. Honestly, I felt like I could start to feel some of the tangible results of the training program. Like the first two weeks was really kind of just like figuring out where my baseline was. You know, mm-hmm. I know with with the Hal Higdon app, it's saying like, hey, you need to be at this point. Mm hmm. 
to get this run. But I had to kind of realize like, oh, I need to get to that starting point. Like I'm not there yet. So kind of taking that step back. And then this week I could, you know, I've told Kyle before, like I'm putting a lot of focus on the heart rate thing and not taking it verbatim, but watching whether my heart rate's going down. And this was the first week I felt really encouraged by being like, oh, I'm starting to see the the results of this. Like today Mm -hmm. I had a five mile recovery run and I had like a nine, 10 pace for most of it. And my heart rate was 140. Mm -hmm. And to me, that was like two weeks ago, I would have been at at 150, even at the barn loop. Like I was at nine tens to to nine forties for the first eight. And my heart rate rate was right around like 140 to 143. Whereas a few weeks ago, it would have been like 150 to 155. Mm So it's nice to see some of the progress, like finally, come through in mm-hmm. in numbers and part of that's also like putting in sprint workouts and and being a little flexible like i told kyle yeah. like i i'm starting to modify some of my workouts and be a bit more creative in it because i'm taking i'm, I'm watching cody's runs and getting really good ideas from that i'm watching your runs kyle on strava and taking really good ideas from that so the base plan that i started with i feel like has now kind of turned into this combination of everybody's ideas because I'm having fun with Mm -hmm. it, you know, and almost being like, whatever the outcome is great. If I hit my goal, great. I'm trying like hell to get there, but I'm also going to make sure I have a lot of fun in the meantime because these I'm enjoying myself. So it's kind of fun to just like finally start to see incremental improvements while having some flexibility and having fun along the way and not making it feel like it's, it's a job. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, it's kind of nice. I Kyle, you touched on this a few weeks ago, just like that initial and and you touched on it in a YouTube video too, that like crazy initial dopamine rush you get from like looking out 6 months or 4 months ahead and being like, "Oh my god, we're going to do this and this and I'm going to get this time." And and now we're we're starting and you can see it. I mean, we're we're all excited and about our speed workouts and these long runs, like we're starting to spread those dopamine uh, kicks like to our runs. And like, I'm getting just as stoked mm-hmm. on a Friday night to do my Saturday long run as I was thinking about this entire marathon block. Um, mm-hmm. And I think in terms of, of like my, my training plan now and, and kind of looking at it and seeing if I'm, I think the one thing that I want to incorporate more is, more races like i want to throw in uh mm. rochester has a running of the green like it's a five mile road race like i want to throw that in i want to like you were talking about your park run and i'm i'm thinking the same thing i see ben is running doing those all the time uh and i've always wanted to do that uh so yeah throwing in more of those those park run type deals some 10ks some some 5ks just to just to kind of test my fitness and and also realize that I don't, you know, if I have 12 miles planned for the day, I don't have to do 12 miles all at once. I could split it up and do a 5k in mm-hmm. the morning and do, you know, um, I could do whatever, uh, six miles on one side and, and, you know, a few miles to cool down on the other side and have that, that block yeah. in there. So, um, yeah, I mean, just still staying creative with workouts, but making them fun, keeping that dopamine rush up and, uh, yeah, just the competition. Like I'm competing against myself. I know on Saturday on my last two miles of the run, uh, somebody was starting their long run. It must've been, and I could hear their footsteps behind me. And it was just, 
it just felt good to have somebody kind of like on your tail and you just being like, yeah. So that, that felt good. I mean, he, he passed me and you know, it was, we exchanged a few happy words about the nice weather, but, um, yeah, I want to, I want to get that competition back and, and do a few races. They're fun. They're fun. And, and you get a good sense of community doing that. Absolutely. I, I definitely was, I was, I was kind of looking at where I finished last week. Um, and I think I'm going to be kind of adding on miles a little bit quicker than I was originally planning. Like it's honestly like I haven't looked at my spreadsheet and probably I generally just look at it day at a time and I open it up on my phone and I'm like, okay, four miles today. And then I don't like think beyond that. Um, but mm-hmm. this was the first time I've kind of zoomed out and looked at the whole thing in a couple of weeks. And I was like, kind of like I replanned out the next maybe like three weeks and we'll be kind of like doing essentially uh, how do I plan it out? Uh, doing like a four week and then a down week and then a three week that'll end with the half and kind of using those as like two separate buildups, but I'll probably add on a little bit more miles. But I also, mm-hmm. Cody, you, you made me think just now, um, kind of my, I feel like my mood about running last, just like last recording podcast episode compared to now is really kind of flipped. Like I kind of, I think I remember saying like, I kind of just feel like I'm in the drudgery of it. And that also I think is like to bring it home to kind of the point of the, this episode is like, that is also that benefit of if you take a couple, take that week of recovery to check back in with yourself, Mm -hmm. you can kind of get back to that point of I'm pretty fired up. Like I, I probably shouldn't have raced the 10 K (laughs) yesterday, but like, I, like it, it fires me up. It gives you like it taught it. That's like what Sean's talking about. Like it was fun. Like I just enjoyed doing it. So like it wasn't in the plans, but it was a lot of fun. And I'm noticing literally like, I feel like you just like made me realize that I'm like my, my, my little optimism about everything moving forward is kind of a big flip compared to last week where it's not that I was saying no to anything. Like I'm still, I was still going to do everything. But I'm a little bit more like fired up about mm-hmm. it. Whereas before it was like, yeah, I'm doing this right you now. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it's more yeah. we're having we're having more fun. You can just tell um, we're less focused on, you know, kick, kicking each other's asses uh, on May 26th than more more of the process and and doing still it. pretty focused on that. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> just wait till the week That's... before. The tension's gonna be high. The, the podcast we're gonna have before it's just gonna be the race. We're gonna be like, uh, <laughs> you can cut the tension with a knife. Good luck sleeping tonight, boys. Yeah. <laughs> that Airbnb. Hopefully, no one house. fucks with your electrolytes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna replace. No tampering. No tampering with fuel, boys. Replacing this is a clean sport. Replacing electrolytes with yes. Metamucil. Oh, <laughs> so I would never I'd, do that. I'd still give it my all. I would never. Do that. <laughs> We've been warned. Oh, yeah, God, it would take you. I'm going to be locking mine up. Right. Uh, so, what do you say? Yeah. Where do we? A little. Yeah. Where we feel like we're at with this? A little prem, Premier League action. I didn't. Oh, I mean, sure thing. We can talk about <laughs> the smashing of West Ham if you really want. Yeah, and I, Sean, Chelsea played today. No. 
and we won. Oh my gosh, I was oh. I kind of We had a 90th minute winner similar to United and then Enzo scored a third goal and we tapped it off. Well, so, good week. Good week to be a Chelsea United, fan. United wins. didn't win. United won in the, like the 80 something minute with uh, a big old Scott McTominay header uh from that oh, beautiful ball clutch. from Diego Dolo and Kobe Mano again is just doing absolute crazy Class shit. Act. Um I just wanted to say that I, maybe we could just do do a few hot takes. Uh, but my hot take for this week is that in terms of underrated players, Diego Delo has been the most consistent Manchester United player this entire season. And he's often overlooked. Um, mm. But he's he's incredible. Like he is, you know, like flying tackles assists goals um like pumping players up like i yeah i'm really really impressed impressed with him and was stoked that they beat aston villa here's a fun game then rather than talking about our wins let's each end this with saying who our underrated player of the year is for each of our teams okay there you go oh wow you got dallow is a very solid pick i watch him play Cody, you and me being outside backs, you know, I watched those play. Dallow is a, is a quiet class act. Yeah, he is unreal. He had a tackle on on Bowen when they were playing West Ham uh, two weeks ago, and it was like Bowen was in and should have scored, and literally out of nowhere, Diego Delo comes from screaming from the left side, just. And blocks it, and I was like, "Where the hell did you come from?" Mm-hmm. Like any other year. That's David De Gea trying to save that, but this yeah. year it's Diego Delo. So, I what a guy. So you you mentioned, and this isn't this isn't my my underrated player of the year, but I I watched the highlights of the United game, and this was I feel like, um, Maynu. Mm. Like this was the first time I was like, all right, I'm gonna focus on him because y'all were talking about him, and like his. It was the build up to one of the goals where he did like he had like four little quick touches in the in the corner and popped it out and then someone else whipped it in. Yeah. And I think that was that was Diego Delo. Yeah. 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 That that goal was like I I feel like he was just like very like Zidane-esque, like isn't getting the assist, mm-hmm. isn't getting the goal. But like everyone's like, yeah, he, he made, made that it. happen kind of a thing. Do you know who he like, reminds me yeah. of? You guys might might not know this, but he reminds me of Char- Charlie Nala, like our boy Chaz may not get the assist, may not get the goal, but he is silky smooth and is creating space for everybody else on the pitch. I've, I've played with him a handful of times here in Albany, and he's he's a lot of fun to play with and really crappy to play against. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> <laughs> um, my underrated player. I know last week I I I I said Jorginho, so I won't I won't say that. Mm. Um, but I will say because what seems to be what uh, has separated Arsenal from kind of the Liverpool and cities, I feel like the last couple of years has been the depth, mm-hmm. and I feel like right now the added Jacob Kiwior like addition mm. like. He start. He played the whole game at outside back. It wasn't Zinchenko. It wasn't Tamiyasu. It was this little, a little. I said he's like six five. Um, what is it? He's Polish, um, and he's like 
you know, he's come in, he's played 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there, but he, he can, he has the ability for us to switch from, you know, the three back similar to like, if we want to go Gabriel Saliba, Ben White, we can do it. Mm -hmm. If we want to go Kiwior, Gabriel Saliba, like we can do it depending on if Tomiyasu's in for white or if Zinchenko's fresh on the left. And it just gives this, I, I, I mean, it's, it's not really good on, you know, he, he, he didn't, he wasn't like a huge impact on the game, but he is an option now to that. We're confident starting mm-hmm. him. And I think that is like, that's something that we've not really had. It was always kind of, if someone was injured, especially if it was like a Gabrielle yeah. or a Saliba, and it's not even like they're injured. It's like they can't keep playing every game. It's like Sokka. Mm-hmm. He can't just keep playing every game. <laughs> like, so I, I think in terms of, I don't know, almost like it's almost like just roster depth mm-hmm. is the underrated element of Arsenal right now that I think gives us, it gets us closer. 100%. I'm not going to say, yeah. yeah. hundred. And you need so, that when you have like double the amount of games you got to play now mm-hmm. with also, Nations League, international stuff. It's not just Premier League, Carabao Cup, Champions League, and FA Cup anymore. You know, true. so yep. having the the best teams are the ones that have a second lineup essentially that could still compete. Right. And Arsenal mm-hmm. weren't there for a long time, and and now they are. You could see it even like players like Tomiyasu, mm-hmm. who when he comes in, very very He's good. Great. Yeah. 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 I nice. mean, I will say our bench is not deep. It's like <laughs> Jorginho, El Neni. <laughs> Reese Nelson, Inkedia, Cedric. I, I don't know. I mean, Smith Smithrow's not even on the bench for this, though. Really? So I don't know if he's. I mm, thought he was going. Dare well, I, I say? I thought he was going in in uh, January, but he stayed. Is he on loan? Yeah, he might be. I think I he's know. committed. Yeah. I don't know. He loves the club, but I just don't know if there's a current no role room. for him in the middle of the park until he has a yeah. good year, a good whole year. Like, yeah, he dealt with some so, some injury and. Uh, yeah, alone would do him good. Alone would probably do him. I think so. Right. I agree. As long as it's not like you know in the prem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. True. Well, he wouldn't be able to play against Arsenal anyways. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then I'm good with it. Yeah, Chelsea uh, would probably take him. Which, speaking yeah. of which, um, I think Nicholas Jackson is Chelsea's underrated player of the year. He gets so much slack for missing clear cut opportunities, but so does Darwin Nunez. Um, when mm-hmm. I think of characteristics that are sometimes lacking in this Chelsea team it's bravery because they're all young mm-hmm. it's like a freshman class they're all new and one player who never shies away from trying to do the right thing is Nicholas Jackson he will get stuck in he will come checking for the ball sometimes when things get hard you see players shy away and kind of like phase out of the game mm-hmm. And Mm -hmm. Nicholas Jackson doesn't do that. And he might lose the ball every time, (laughs) but he's going in and 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 trying. And he's actually having at just as many good moments as he is bad. And because it's very easy to be like Chelsea spent a million dollars and they're losing to just simply like focus on underperformers. But if someone watches 90 minutes, Nicholas Jackson is doing the right things and missing age experience Mm -hmm. and wisdom. But he steps up. He's become more versatile. We've been now playing him on the left wing instead of Sterling. Thank the good Lord in heaven. <laughs> I cannot stand Raheem Sterling. <laughs> and he shows up. He does the things he needs to do. And he's not afraid to try 
something that might not always work out. And I think sometimes there's such structure to systems, players forget to be expressive. And I've actually really enjoyed watching Nicholas. I'm happy he's in the Chelsea team. And this is his first year in the Premier League. And people forget how tough this league is. You come from a different country. You might not necessarily speak the language. And we're so quick to discount a player's quality because of a transition in a new country and a new league. And he's like, 21 years yeah. old so i watch yeah. him play and i see him growing into a team that is kind of coming of age he honestly when he first came in he kind of reminded me of like what would drogba look like before he got good <laughs> <laughs> you know and that's nicholas jackson he's you could see he's becoming into a greater role that might take three or four years mm-hmm. um but i think he gets a lot of slack because Chelsea team is underperforming but he gets stuck in and when you watch he's not hiding away when things are tough he's trying to lift the team up and just because he's not scoring every time he kind of gets lumped in but I've enjoyed watching him in the team and I think has sometimes helped uplift a front line when uh, you have a team of new young players feeling down and out when they're losing against Wolves true and and you yeah. know what next week yeah. these three players are going to be so bad <laughs> Crap. I'm gonna no, I'm gonna right? switch it to Scott McDonald. But hey, I mean, it was a good week. I think this might have been the first week in I don't know, maybe all season that all three of our teams pulled out a win. That's right. Usually it's one or one yeah. versus a slaughter. Yeah, you guys. I poor poor David. Moss. Oh my god. Oh my god. They just it just oh. and Declan Rice. That was what a what a goal. What, what a, a crack. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah. That's I mean you don't get much better. Goal the than season that. contender. But I think I think the Trossard goal oh. was the run of play was like popping over. It was mm-hmm. Arsenal like 2005. Like it was I thought that was like gonna little, be your and, the, uh, and like your the commentators your were like player, yeah. Oh Trossard? Mm-hmm. I thought that's who you were gonna know, choose, man. but I see I rate him high. I I <laughs> fair. fair. <laughs> <laughs> who's, he had a few who, weeks, Kyle. I remember you said low. you were a fan. <laughs> well, you were. Yeah. He had a, yeah. <laughs> I think I think I couldn't find a place for him, and I think he does a lot better when he pinches in, mm-hmm. almost like a, mm. like a, I guess like another false nine. Sort uh, of. We have like multiple. It, yeah. Every couple of minutes, we have a new false nine. Whether Odegaard's <laughs> blasting out or if. Kai Havertz is just like our only striker <laughs> kind of hanging out. Or sometimes it's Trossard up there. Oh, Makes it so work, though. Very, very flexible. It's a fluid system we got going on yeah. here. <laughs> well, I think we could uh, end this thing on a on a pretty positive note. I mean, we all had a great recovery week. We Cody got engaged. We had great runs. And our teams won. Yeah. That's what I don't think it about. gets any better than that. Yeah, you can't. No, you couldn't beat great that week. on Sunday. That's all I wanted. Between every phone call that was being made and the congratulatories, I was. <laughs> Sam has a hilarious video of me standing in front of the TV in my boxer, just screaming at it. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> the special moments we want to capture. Yes. It's not too dissimilar from every other weekend when Manchester United's playing. But Truly. It's either in our boxers screaming at the TV in joy or screaming in anger. Always in the-